You're listening to Playback, a Variety iHeartRadio podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. Today I'm talking to comedian Kevin Hart, whose new film The Upside with Brian Cranston and Nicole Kidman hits theaters January 11th. Kevin is fresh off an Australian stand-up tour that broke records, but you probably haven't heard a lot about that. About a month ago, a number of years-old homophobic tweets and jokes were brought back to bear against Kevin after it was announced he would be hosting the Oscars this year. There was a considerable outcry from the LGBTQ community, and Kevin initially refused to apologize, stating that he had already addressed these missteps. But ultimately, he did apologize while stepping down from the hosting gig. Uh, you know, by now, you are probably aware you've seen that Kevin appeared on Ellen DeGeneres' show to discuss all of this. That's why we're getting this episode out to you quite early, because uh, a major chunk of it is pretty timely. Ellen revealed she had called the Academy and endorsed Kevin's return to the hosting job, but just before that appearance, Kevin sat down with me to talk about all this, and he said unequivocally, as you'll hear, that he was not interested in, in hosting the Oscars because of the cloud hovering over the whole situation now. So, you know, if indeed he's reconsidering or evaluating that possibility now, you know, I guess a lot can change in a short period of time, and we'll see. But for now, here's my chat with Kevin Hart. While we're getting settled, I got to ask you, what's it like to cut a promo with Mean Gene? Oh my God, man. <laughs> he's a legend. I was, I was honestly a little sad when I heard, it, man. Yeah, man. Because he was older, so you could, uh, you could tell like that he was, um, you know, he was still there, but he was uh, like he. He couldn't hear, and, uh, you know, he had to do things a bunch of times. Yeah. So you could definitely tell that the other side of age was getting to him. Yeah. It was definitely sad when you heard that he passed away, though. Yeah, he was the man. Legend. Was he cool? Legend. I never got to meet him. The nicest guy ever. Very nice. But literally, I mean, wrestling was on Mean Gene's back for quite some time. He's one of the most consistent personalities. Totally. Voice of your childhood, man. I mean, yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Did you ever see... Uh, the Macho Man promo where he uh, is talking about being the, about the cream rising to the top, and he keeps bringing out this coffee creamer. The cream's gonna rise to the top. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but hilarious. Yeah, that was a that was a big loss. But all right, here we are. This back in front of you. We're up and rolling. Up and rolling. Thank you so much. Got the Starbucks. Oh my God. Necessary. Necessary, man. <laughs> Necessary for me to keep this machine running. I hear you. All right, let's dive in, man. Okay, everyone, I'm here today with uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin's got a new movie called The Upside coming out January 11th we're going to talk about. First of all, Happy New Year, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, man. Happy really New Year appreciate back it. at you. 2019. How was your New Year? What did you do? You were in Vegas, right? I was in Vegas. Um, you know, I... Uh, we we basically went up there for the 30th and 31st. My wife wanted to get out. She wanted to have a good time. So I said, let's just go to Vegas. And um, I think my nights were, we had Big Sean, we had Future, Lil Wayne was there the night before. And it was good. It was good on the 30th, 31st. I don't remember too much. <laughs> I don't remember too much from that from that night. I mixed champagne with tequila, which is oh. a, which is a big mistake. You know, it's all fun when you're doing it. Yeah. It's all fun when everything's happening until 
to that moment where you black out. That that's that's when everything gets real bad. Wake up like two days later. Yeah, when you when you black out and everybody's telling you what happened. <laughs> you don't remember going to the to the breakfast spot? No, no, I don't. I, I don't remember eating anything at all. What about the pizza place? You the one that wanted to go to the pizza place? No, I have no idea about the pizza place at all. That was me the next morning. Awesome. I was just here, not doing much. Okay, looking over my two and a half year old. That was Low pretty key. much it. That's there you it. go. That's it. There you go. But anyway, we're gonna. Uh, I want to talk about your movie. I want to talk about your career. I'm a big fan. I'd love to talk about how you've built yourself up. Before we get into all that, I want to talk about this Oscar stuff and get out of the way. At get the top. into it, man. Go ahead, talk about it. You so, talk about whatever you want. Man. We're gonna get, knock this out first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's been about a month now. You dropped out of hosting the Oscars mm-hmm. in the midst of this outcry over some previous tweets mm-hmm. and jokes that some people found offensive. Uh, initially, the Academy had asked you to apologize, and you had said you weren't going to apologize, and then eventually you did. So first of all, I imagine you've had time to think about what's happened. It's been three, four weeks now. How do you feel about how everything went down? Uh, I'm fine. I mean, look, you're, you're, in, you're living in a times where words and point of views can be misconstrued because of how strong – the internet is, you know, the the manipulation of headlines is what was amazing when this whole thing hit. You know, it was Kevin Hart steps down because he refuses to apologize for homophobic tweets. This is what was said and it was blasted all over the internet. And the word again somehow got lost, mm-hmm. which was a major word. The word again, it was... I've addressed this several times. Not only did I address it, I apologized. And after apologizing, I said, I understand why people would be upset from these tweets, why people would be hurt, why people would be damaged. And you know what? I get it. So not only am I sorry, I'm going to make it a point to never joke like this again because I understand. So within a 10-year span of my career, you don't see any blemishes you don't see any any signs of me going back to that young comedian that I was then that was looking for an ignorant laugh so for me to take the moment of hosting the Oscars and turn the moment of hosting the Oscars into an an apology tour because that's what it would become mm-hmm. that didn't make sense to me yeah. you know me doing the Oscars was to take the tension off of the Oscars. It's been so uptight for the last, I don't know how many years. Kevin, we want you to host because we want you to lighten the mood up and bring you and your essence to this night. That was immediately taken away because any promo that I do leading up to it, I'm still talking about past tweets that I've addressed years ago. Me touching the stage at the Oscars, I would have to then address the tweets that I talked about from years ago. Mm-hmm. And it just made me say to myself, like, I'm not going to play the game that society kind of wants people to play right now. You know, your past is your past for a reason. When you apologize for something, it's either your apology is accepted or it's not. If it is and we say we move forward, then we're moving forward. And what you do when you move forward is become better. So when there's signs of an individual becoming better, when there's signs of an individual doing better, then 
what what else is really needed? Yeah, I I I will say I look I looked back. You have addressed that in the past. There was a Rolling Stone interview, particularly where you you specifically addressed thoughtfully a particular bit that you explained was more about your own fears and your own insecurities, and that was what the it was a joke about. You know how you handled quote your first your son's first gay moment, mm-hmm. and you 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 dealt with that thoughtfully. I will say, did you apologize to someone and it didn't get published because? You said you've apologized, and I couldn't find that. Well, it's easy. It's easy not to find the good. Well, no. I mean, I was looking, man, because I, I was like, he he says he's apologized, and I can't. I don't see it. Did you apologize to a to a journalist who didn't publish that? Here's a here's a good example. Okay, all of this stuff hit, and three days after it hit, Variety put up a little piece from an interview that I did in Variety, and it was me saying, I don't joke. In a homophobic matter at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't partake in that kind of humor. Whatever it was, it was just me saying something about it. Right. Just a little tidbit right. that they found. Wait, this is Kevin saying something else about it. But in the context of what it was said, you can tell it was something that I've said over and over again. That was found three days after. If somebody chose to put the energy and effort in, they can easily find. Because when me and Will Ferrell did Get Hard, and we did the promo tour for Get Hard, mm-hmm. That's where we were hit with so much stuff. Right. That's where Kevin Hart was hit with so much stuff. My old joke that we're talking about and seriously funny, that didn't just happen. That special's been out for years. I've addressed that several times. Those tweets did not just come out. Those tweets from 2008, 2009 were there. You can't, you can't make up. Guys, I've talked about this. I do, I do promo tours and we sit inside a room and journalists come in and journalists ask you questions over and over and over and over and over again. I remember the span in 2011 where this came up. My tweets came up and I had to say to a person that was in the LGBTQ community, hey, I, I understand. And you know what? I'm wrong. But I can't do nothing about that joke because it was done. I can't do nothing about the tweets because they're out there. I'm, I was wrong. It'll never happen again, and I'm sorry. Please accept my apology. You go on other interviews, and it comes up. Now the conversation starts to change. If you notice, the response got more professional because now it's, I don't joke in that manner anymore because now I'm in the mindset of I left that moment behind me. I've addressed it. So when people say, yo, man, I can't find it, well, then ask the individual that went and dug up the stuff from 2009 to go do the same. I can't put that energy into something that's in my past. I can't put that energy into negativity. What we're, what we're, what we're doing is allowing trolling to get to an all-time high. You know, where was this at when the premiere of Fujimanji came? What about Central Intelligence? What about I think the launch of my irresponsible tour? Why did this? Why the day after Kevin Hart is now hosting the Oscars? I think you're talking about a show that has a very large homosexual audience. I think that could be the case, but if somebody were to call you racist, right, and dig up something that you may have said from your past history that could have been a racial slur, you could have said it and. A joking manner, you could have said it uh, amongst a group of people that may or may not have the knowledge of how bad this slur could be. 
You only know your environment. It's not until you get exposure, till you get experience, till you understand the world that you start to understand things from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't have that opportunity. Everybody doesn't have that chance. So when you do, you grow. So I can't judge you from something that you said back then if now you're in a position to understand the world from a different lens. But if you did get judged, are you going to be the guy to go, wait a minute, I got black friends. What about my friend Rob or Malcolm? I'm going to call them right now. They can tell you that I love black people. No, because there's no win. So what am I going to do? Do I I start going down the list of gay people that are in my life? Do I start going down the list of gay people that work for me in my company? No. I don't have to play that game with the world because that's what the world wants. What, who are we searching for? Tell me the perfect individual that we're searching for. Because the way I see it, I can't be a good parent if I don't have lessons to give my children. Mm-hmm. If I don't have life experiences that I lived through, that I've made it through, that I can talk to my kids about and make them understand why what I'm saying is right, why this is wrong, what am I parenting off of? What am I parenting off of? The word perfection does not exist if you have not experienced imperfection. You don't know what perfection is if you don't know what imperfection is. Somewhere along the lines, we've lost sight of reality. And this person that we're searching for, I pray to God that they're out there. I hope we find the perfect individual that the world is somehow seeking to find. It's not me. It's not me. And the beautiful thing about me is that I wear... I wear all of my flaws on my sleeve. I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a secret. I'm a walking open book. Well, I think what you ultimately said was perfect. You ultimately apologized at the end of the day. What happened between saying I'm not going to apologize and you apologizing? Giving me an ultimatum. Giving me an ultimatum. That rubbed you wrong. Giving me an ultimatum and nobody looking at the past ten years of my life. Not only that, also saying, in the world of comedy, comedians are some of the biggest risk takers. Comedians are the people that are going to say what you may think, but you never say. It's our job to put humor in the world. That job can be done distastefully. Mm-hmm. It can be tacky. Someone's approach to that job can be a little... A little edgy mm-hmm. and rub people wrong. But that's where the art of comedy comes in. And that's where the individual that's performing said jokes has to maneuver the way that they feel is best for them. Where I was at that point, yeah, immature comic. It's 2008, 2009. I'm figuring it out. I'm just now getting there. Me, my son. Whoa, no. Hey, that's gay. You got to laugh. That's what you, I'm doing things for the laugh. Mm-hmm. The laugh is what's fueling me. Man, I killed tonight. Me killing, I don't know that I'm literally killing. I don't have that, I don't have that comprehension. Oh my God, but now I move out to LA. Now I'm around a world that I haven't been around. Now I'm I'm introducing myself to people and people are sharing their stories and now 
I'm seeing things through a different lens. Yeah. That's where the I don't I don't understand how people lose sight of that reality. You don't know until you know. I think what happened that day, and I'll just this is what I think is <clears throat> because that rubbed you wrong, giving you an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. It read as defiance to people at a time when they just wanted you to say what you ultimately said, and you know, maybe had you said that, you'd still be the host, and it may, maybe we'd be past everything. But I think I think that's what happened. I think people were just like, "Why is he not just apologizing?" Even if you say you have before, and I think that was what really ratcheted it up. You for know, people. you know what someone said to me, and and this is where you know I got a little confused because I said, "Kevin, you know, I know who you are." There's so many people that know who you are. So many people know your heart. But there's a younger, there's a younger world. There's a younger world that has a younger generation within the gay community, within the LGBTQ community. And they don't know that you've addressed this. They don't know that you've apologized. So you should just say it to them. And I said, if that's the case, then I'm apologizing forever. Because it never stops. That there's always going to be younger people. There's always going to be new members. When when is the apology accepted? And do I have to always go back 10 years? I got to keep doing that for the rest of my life? Guys, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going to do that because the same way that there's younger people, there's older people that know who I am that are in this community that can speak on my behalf. Where are the older people at that know me? That They can't educate the younger generation? Why do we only think on one side? Well, the, the point you make about comedy and where, where we're at with comedy is interesting. I mean, just this week, Louis C.K. is through the ringer with you know, some tasteless jokes that he was recorded uh, you know, giving. I forgot where that was. But uh, is comedy so beyond reproach, beyond being interrogated? Not for me. I think I think the world is trying to we're we're trying to create a space like I, I said this this perfect space it doesn't exist we're we're living just in a false reality with what we're looking for but comedy there's so much that you can't say now and this is a this is a world where everybody you know we're looking to get rid of so much negativity we're looking for an escape. Oh my God! There's so much to be sad about. Ah, uh, what, what? I want to let go for a second. Where can I go to let go and and step away? Comedy is that. Comedy is your release. That's what comedy is. Comedy was a space where you know you could poke fun at races, ethnicities, men, women, kids. We're, we're laughing at one another. That that was the beauty of comedy. To joke at each other and point out our flaws and make those flaws become laughs. If you have a Asian comic and this Asian comic is doing jokes and all these jokes are based off of the Asian community, guess what? As a black man in that audience, I'm getting educated on the Asian comic. If there's a member of the LGBTQ and they're a comic, and they're doing jokes, and it's all about things that happen in the gay community. Guess what? I'm now laughing at the world that you created, that you're painting. This is something through your lens, through your eyes. 
as a black man, if I want to talk to you about black people and the way we go. And when I first traveled to India and I got to sit with Indian people and I didn't know what to do. You're laughing at me and my experiences. You can't put comedy in a place to where the individuals that have chosen to do that craft can't share their experiences. My experience with a gay man or gay woman may be a funny experience that I want to talk about. But right now I'm in a place where I don't, I I would never talk about it Mm. because what can I say and what can I say? And when, when is the constructive criticism of opinion, not malicious intent, once again, opinion, when is that taken away? When can I just have an opinion? Why, why is everybody so happy at the fact that they can have an opinion and they can get their opinion seen publicly right now? That's the exciting thing that people love. I got to, ooh, I'm going to tweet it. And somebody going to see it. Ah, mm, mm. I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to post it. Everybody can do it. Everybody has access to be heard. Mm-hmm. When everybody has access to be heard, ultimately there's going to be too many cooks in the kitchen. Can't have that many cooks in the kitchen. The food ain't never going to get done. <laughs> it's never going to get done. So in this case with me, with comedy, I'm going to continue to talk about me and my life and my experiences. I don't need to joke in a malicious manner. I don't need to attack. I don't need to offend. That's not who I am. It's not who I've been. And in that tweeting rant where these things came up, that was young, and I thought it was fun and funny to do on social media. Who knew that social media would live for 10 years and somebody could go back and dig up stuff? Who knew? It wasn't in the blueprint when they broke down how to use social media. Mm -hmm. Nobody said all the stuff you do now is going to come up. It's a little unnatural to be living in public that way, I guess, for, for so long. Another thing I'll say, you can't. You can't fake genuine. You can't. You can't fake good person. Either you are or you aren't. Look at the way that I live. Look at who I am. Look at my voice on a daily basis. I am motivation. I am inspiration. I am get up, go after it. I am love. I am laugh. The only other person that I can say matches my energy on a daily basis publicly is a close friend of mine, and that's Dwayne Rock Johnson. Publicly, we make it our business to share positivity at an all-time high to bring people together. My comedy shows are driven on bringing people together. Yeah. Globally. Well, I just want to say that ultimately the apology that you made on Twitter, I think that was a very positive thing to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you did. Thank you. I did it, and I felt that I did it in a fashion that was true to me, and I stepped down. Because I'm not going to allow this to tarnish uh, an amazing night for the other actors and actresses that are going to be on that stage that night. It shouldn't be about Kevin Hart and his tweets from old. And I'll state it again to anybody that I've hurt. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to partake in, you know, hosting the Oscars at this point. What's that relationship with the Academy like? I mean, is the door open? No, it will. No, will it will towards the Academy? Will I do it? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do I mean, it. ever? No, it's done. Done. Okay, it's done. It, it, the moment came, and it was a it was a blessing, and I was excited at the opportunity, and I still am. In my mind, it happened. I, I got the job. Uh, it was a dream job, and you know, things came up that simply prohibited it from happening, but. 
I'm not, I don't believe in going backwards. This is what I've been yeah. telling you. When I when I go on that stage, it will be because I've somehow figured out a way to win an Oscar. Somehow I'll get to the stage, but it's just not it's not going to be in this way because mm-hmm. it just comes with such a, a weird cloud yeah. at this point. Yeah, that's one reason why. But there's no ill will towards the Academy at all. None. Good. Uh, let's talk about your new movie. The Upside comes yes, out uh, January 11th. This movie actually, it's it's it was finished a long time ago. This is yeah. part of the Weinstein Company, and and it's going out through STX finally now. Have you been anxious for this movie to come out? I mean, it of premiered course. in Toronto like 2017, so of it's course. been a while. You know, it's just a it's a big movie. I mean, it's a it's the first movie that I've stepped in, um, you know, a more serious tone of acting, and that was my reason for choosing the movie. Getting a team up with Brian Cranston and Nicole Kidman was an unbelievable opportunity as well. And the energy that was on that set was was mind blowing, you know, from our crew, um all all around, you know. Where'd you guys shoot it? We shot it in Philadelphia. Where oh, I'm okay. from. Yeah, so there's, yeah. a, there's a lot there's a lot that goes into this, you know. The first movie that I shot in Philadelphia, where I was born. I mean, you know, the potential of this movie was huge. I'm a Redskins fan, by the way. Are you really? <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The potential the potential of this movie was just huge. So, you know, when all of that stuff happened, you know, it's uh it it was one of those things where you kind of just had to step step back and and understand that what was taking place was bigger than us in our movie. Mm-hmm. And if it was meant to be, then it'll be. And STX is an amazing company that wanted to get this piece of property out. And they felt that it was strong enough for the world to see. They felt that it was a movie that people should see. It's a feel-good movie. It's a good spirit movie. Um, and, of course, it's a remake from the French version. And... That that was a big that was just a big bonus, you know. It was unexpected, um, and we got a call just saying that, guys, this movie's going to get seen. There's people that work very hard, and you know uh, that shouldn't have to suffer from the experiences and doings of one other. Um, and we're going to see to it that you know those people get the right credit and stuff that they deserve for doing this film and putting all their blood, sweat, and tears into it. So I can't wait. I can't wait yeah. for people to see it. You mentioned the cast. a uh, great cast, and, and you spend uh, most of the movie with Brian Cranston. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the kind of movie where the chemistry between you and Brian needed to be perfect. Point, yeah. uh, what was it like when you guys first met? Uh, I actually had Brian on the show just before, I think, the Toronto premiere that mm-hmm. year. Um, but what was the chemistry like when you guys first met, and how did you guys hit it off? Oh, my God, man. Brian is amazing. I, the most talented actor I've ever worked with, you know? Um, I mean, when I say seeing a man come from comedy and being able to take on the dramatic roles that he takes on at the level he does, it's inspiring because it's, you know, it's something that I can only hope to do. You know, can I get there? Can I get to that level? And if so... How you know? So I was a, I was a sponge, mm-hmm. soaking up as much information as I possibly could, just picking his brain all day, every day, just talking to him, man. And what you realize is that he's just a good guy. Brian's just a good guy, and that's something that isn't celebrated enough mm-hmm. in a in a business where you have so many not good guys, you know, so many not cool guys 
to have a grounded, humble individual that you can be around for two and a half months, that's a that's a bonus. Yeah. And I can say the same about Nicole. And I've been I've been fortunate enough in my career to work with those people, you know, from Cube to Dwayne to Will Ferrell. I mean, I can go down the list of the the bigger stars that I've worked with that, that have just been some grounded, really cool people that have shown me that there's no reason for you to ever forget who you are if who you are is good. Yeah. There's no reason. Yeah, Brian's great. He he had like a box full of his books and he he pulled one out and <laughs> signed it for me. You know, he drove himself. You know, as, as I'm super, saying, super as I'm saying, humble, grounded. <laughs> you're like he's got a box full of his books. Box full of his Drive, books. Driving around, passing them out. That definitely uh, makes me a hypocrite. <laughs> no, I just mean you know, it's just like he, he's not showing up with like an entourage mm-hmm. or anything. He's just he's really cool. Uh, but but again, the, the chemistry was going to be key for a movie like this. Amazing, I mean, you, you amazing guys, chemistry. You guys are. It's a little bit of. Uh, I don't know what, what what would be a comparison. I mean, you know, just just an odd couple situation is what it is. So you know, you know what, man? I mean, you. It, it just made me think of like the the prior and and Wilder days. Yeah, yeah. There you, you know, go. when you start to look at those comparisons and what they could be, you know, if if Brian and I were to partake in a different type of movie, what could that be? If there was a another layer to to another dramatic, what could it be? You talked about that. I mean, I would love. Else? Me and Brian yeah. talked about definitely working together again. You know, he's just he's 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 that good, and he also elevated my acting game. Mm. I was able to reach new levels by feeding off of him. You know, the same thing with Nicole. It's I couldn't ask to be in a better position. Yeah, you know, to, and you're interested in doing more drama roles. You, you want to keep pursuing that, of course. You know, I think uh, this is going to open up a door to do more. Mm. Um, it's a long career. I'm almost forty years old, so. I'm not going to stop no time soon. Yeah. Uh, the comedies, damn sure I'm going to stop. You know, I'm going to continue to do those and do them at a very high level. But to dabble in the dramatic field, you know, it's, it's something that I'm definitely going to do. It's, it's, I make sure that I stay in the lane to where my fan base can see it and believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to see me in the next version of 300. Uh, that's not my that's not my cup of tea or Romeo and Juliet. Um, you can pull that off. off. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're gonna <laughs> see me in that. But there's there's things that I know that I can do um, that I can do at a at a very high level. It's just about knowing your ability. Yeah. That's all. Well, I want to talk about your career a little bit. Uh, very impressed by what you've done with Thank your career. You. You've built yourself into a global brand. You're just back from Australia mm-hmm. recently, where you had a big tour going on there. Uh, that's no small feat, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that should be underscored. Um, what's been like the biggest hurdle in in your path to here? You think the biggest hurdle? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really call it a hurdle. You know, I think um, the the progression has 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 been steady, and what seems like a an amazing rocket ship that. Shot out the air real fast, you know, it was 20 years. Yeah. 20 years into the game. And out of those 20 years, my knowledge, my understanding, and and ability to, to take on so much 
um, has increased. The machine that I now am is a machine that was developed by watching others and putting pieces together from so many other successful people, you know, um, me as a businessman, as a CEO, as a, as a owner, you know, investor, ambassador, um, I understood the word brand and how powerful of a word it could be if, if utilized correctly and assemble myself with amazing people that could invest in my vision and help me achieve the goals that I set out to do. And ultimately you end up realizing that the real talent is putting people around you and seeing those people elevate and evolve. Mm -hmm. That's the real talent. You know, I can make money. I can go out and I can figure it out. But when you start to create livelihoods for others and you start to turn other people into successful business minds, um, creators, that's when you go, oh, wow, this is the other side. This is the other side. This is what CEO is. This is what a CEO does. People believe in that individual and people work hard to help that individual achieve. And then that individual in return takes these people and pulls them up. Mm -hmm. The biggest hurdle was in me making sure that I understood how to make the people around me better and make them feel like they're a part of something and not just working for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Have you modeled yourself on anyone? Is there, you know, who have been some inspirations about crafting? I got tons. I I mean, when I, when I look at, when I look at Tyler Perry, what he's done, when I look at Oprah Winfrey, when I look at uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce, when I look at Ellen, when I look at Steve Harvey, um, I mean, literally the list, the list is so long. Seinfeld, um, of, of people that have that have truly taken an opportunity and made that opportunity a a lifelong lasting position you know the goal isn't to be a work for hire the goal is to be a partner so when you're in the conversations of partnership when you're in the conversations of your catalog full of your IPs, you know, um, my company and the evaluation of heartbeat productions after said date, you know, having the option to go partner with various different studios and do various different content. And, and whether it's TV, whether it's film, I can, I can do it. I'm, I've surrounded myself with some of the most amazing people in the business, my head of development for TV and film, my, execs, my digital component to my company. Like there's a lot that I've that I've done in engineering and, and putting pieces to this puzzle together. So at this point, it's just about navigating it correctly. And the toughest thing about today's time is just that every everything is under a microscope. So that's hurdle number two. Mm-hmm. Hurdle number two is understanding how to handle today. And I I know how. I know how to handle today. So the the fear of me altering myself or my vision based on others or based on perception 
is an affair. And that's what I think is a big hurdle for a lot of people. So many other people fear what others think about them. Mm-hmm. Please, God, don't. Oh, my God, don't. Please don't say nothing bad. Right. Please don't hate my company and my business. Don't hate me. Wait a minute. Don't say. So many people fear that. That's something that you can't control. Yeah. It's going to exist whether you like it or not. You know, you're not going to be liked or loved by everyone. But that shouldn't stop your, it shouldn't stop your drive. So the understanding of that acted as a, as a small hurdle of just me processing that to go, okay, you're not here to please everyone because you can't. You can't. It's just impossible. Do your best to do what you feel is, is, is taking you in a direction to leaving a major imprint on the world of who you are, what your company stands for, and why you bust your ass at the level you did. That's that's my take on so much. And I think when you when you can when you can just be that positive and have that type of insight, it helps so much. Yeah. So what's next? What what's the next big goal for you? Next big goal? Well, I want to become a billionaire just because of where I'm from. Um, because of the odds. And that'll mean something uh, to people back home. I mean, you not know. only will it mean something, just the effect that you can just. This is what you can do. Yes, yeah. just what you can do. It's not about just saying you got yeah. a billion just to take the billion and now I got it and it's time to go buy some jewelry. No, it's it's what can be done with the power that you now have, you know, the changes that you can immediately make. I'm in a position right now to do so much. And I do, you know, from going back and sending kids to college left and right, you know, putting up my own money, not even going after other people's money and then getting other people to team up and matching my money. And we send more kids to college from Philadelphia, PA and, me going back and doing stuff for the school system, the public school system in Philadelphia, PA. Putting computers in schools, you know. Putting books and needed materials in a, a, a place that's dying, you know. The education system, especially in public schools, is just dying. It's The teachers are underpaid. The, the cities can't afford to keep them running half the time for sad amounts. Me trying to do what I can for where I'm from, but then ultimately rolling it out and making it something that can potentially become global, you know? Yeah. What, what do you want to do that can, that can put you on a pedestal of change? What can I do? Money helps that. Uh, success helps that. Relationships help that. So, you know, right now the education thing is just big for me. Um, doing more of that. Doing more films that I'm a part of the creative side from a company standpoint to where I'm partnering with these bigger studios is a priority now. Um, not just being the actor, you know, being a part of the development from start to finish. Um, TV. What does TV look like through my eyes, through my world, through my lens? What does Heartbeat Productions mean? You know, ultimately, we want to have a 
a heartbeat within our production, pun intended. We want something that's heartfelt. We want underlying messages. I mean, with Night School, that was my attempt to have an underlying message within the movies of second chances and why it's okay to not get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Not supposed to get it right the first time every time. It's okay to go back and do it again. That was our heartfelt message within that movie. With anything that we do, how can I continue to do that? You know, um, animation. Me and my relationship with Illumination uh, and Secret Life of Pets and mm-hmm. Snowball. How much bigger can that get? What else can we do? Um, stand-up comedy, my Irresponsible Tour. going to put that special out probably in that February, March time, maybe a little later. I'm trying to get a, a strong release date now. Um, working on a documentary that highlights the people around me that help make the engine go. Um, you rarely see those people celebrated or those stories told because it's always about the star. But what about the ones around that, once again, invest that time, energy into that individual? Um, That's something that I'm working on as well with Netflix. That's going to be pretty huge. Um, What else? Right now, about to go start filming the next version of Jumanji. We start that end of January, early February. Um, another movie called Fatherhood. So no vacations coming up. No, uh, <laughs> developing Uptown no Saturday up. Night right now with Warner Brothers. Uh, I mean, look, there's just there's so much, you know, there's there's so much that I have on the table right now, and I don't plan on taking anything off. Yeah, there's no shot at anything coming off of this table anytime soon. I'm 40. I feel like I'm 26. I'm in the best shape of my life. Continue to help, motivate, inspire people to get healthy. Drop in a uh, protein and a vitamin. Damn, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're in everything. Vita Hustle. <laughs> Something that I've worked on for years that can basically act as a justification of how I get up and go. Um, what else? Uh, I'm also an owner in uh, a weight company now, XD, where we're creating... Um, weights and uh, really cool materials that can go inside some of your favorite gems and build those relationships up. But the things that I really love, the things that I really do, I'm I'm very adamant about being hands on with radio. I'm in radio now. Yep. Uh, most serious, serious XM, straight from the heart, channel ninety six, um, Laugh Out Loud Radio. Plan on giving that some more time because I like it because it's cool. I can do it from anywhere. Um, I think I said everything. I, that sounds like it. I think I did. I think <laughs> we'll find I said some time everything. to sleep in there at some yeah, point, man. I think I did. Hand modeling. Maybe <laughs> do some hand modeling at some point. Uh, also, uh, kids' clothing. Doing something where I'm just modeling kids' clothing that didn't make the cut. I'm going to see if I can take it and uh, do something big you with it. You pull that off. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, keep, about it. Keep it up, man. Good luck. Uh, you know, Keep growing and uh, keep learning. Uh, you know, Thank you for coming on the show. I really hey, appreciate it. When do the Eagles play, by the way? Eagles play, man. We play the Bears on Sunday, I believe. Good luck with them. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that probably won't make it. Just that might be will. a rough game, but good luck. Good luck. I will, I will <clears throat> say this, though, in closing, man. My message to people in general. People. I'm going to make sure that this is very clear, man. I use the term live, love, and laugh so much, and I mean it. I want you guys to understand that we got one life. And in this one life, it's our job to make sure that we live this life to the fullest. 
live it to the fullest. And in living it to the fullest, understand that it's okay to make a mistake and it's okay to get better. It's okay to move forward. What you don't want to do is go backwards. Moving forward is what it's about. The reason why I say that is because forward progress means that you're always going towards something. So whatever those goals are, whatever those things that you are working hard or that you inspire to be or, or want, move forward. Don't go side to side. Don't go back and forth in a way to where you're never going towards the ultimate goal that's in front of you. Going backward is not where it's at. Never has been. Live your life for you, man. Thank you, man. All right. The movie's called The Upside. comes out January 11th. Everyone go check it out. Kevin Hart, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Very cool. Appreciate you.